Hello there. Hey, everybody. It's James Arnold Taylor. I just figured I should say hello there every once in a while as Obi-Wan Kenobi when I start the podcast because, you know, that's that would make sense, wouldn't it? Everybody loves hello there. I think it's funny. I think it's great. Now, I've watched videos. I've watched theories, all of that stuff. And I, I have heard that George Lucas did use Hugh McGregor saying hello there to Grievous because it was in reference to uh, Obi-Wan Alec Guinness saying, hello there, you know, kind of a thing. Anyways, I don't know. There's the hello there. Here's mine. This was my, yeah, yeah people always wonder, well, you know, have you said hello there? I don't, I don't know if, if Clone Wars Obi-Wan ever said hello there. Grievous said it to me, which is a reference because now if you think about it with the Clone Wars, you see Grievous actually said hello there to me first, even though the Clone Wars was done third. So the original, A New Hope, hello there, Alec Guinness. Then Revenge of the Sith, hello there. Then Grievous says, hello there, to Obi-Wan, but it's before Obi-Wan says, hello there, from Revenge of the Sith. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it would actually be General Grievous that said hello there before anybody else said hello there or hello there. Or I have said, you know, so, so it's kind of interesting. We're retracing the steps of hello there. Now, if I had ever said hello there, now here's the thing. Whenever I've said hello there, I've added a well sometimes. Well, hello there. That's become my own, like, well, hello there. I don't know. It's make more sense. Here was the original though. You want to know the original hello there I was going to do? It was, it was this, ready? <clears throat> Hello there. Ooh. <laughs> it wasn't. Would have been funny though, right? I mean, it, it's funny how two words have become so iconic of a line and people love it so much. I, I will get comments on on Twitter feeds or or Instagram feeds or YouTube or whatever that have nothing to do with it. And that's all they'll say. Hello there. And they want me to say hello there back. So I guess I should record myself on video saying hello there, make my own little, what is it, a meme? Is that a meme? See, I don't understand the whole meme thing, quite frankly. I really don't understand the meme thing. Um, I need I need to have like a younger, uh, hipper, well, I should bring Billy, and maybe Billy. Hey, Billy! <laughs> yes, sir, James Taylor, Mayor, Mayor, Mayor Taylor. Mayor, now I'm the mayor. <laughs> You are the mayor, mayor of uh, all uh, of the talking to myself land. I am. I guess I am kind of the mayor of of my studio, of Jat Studios. Yes, you're the mayor of Jat Studios. Okay, you can call me Mayor James. Uh, yes, sir, Mayor James. No, I was kidding. You don't have to call me that. Oh, okay, sir James. No, okay, forget it, Billy. So, Billy. Yes, sir. I was I was talking about memes, and I don't I don't really get memes, Billy. What you know. You're young. Yes. You're hip. Really? Well, okay. I don't know. But um, do you know what a meme is? I mean, because I I feel I feel like an old man when uh, when I because now I know a GIF. I know you know JPEG. I know a little movie file. I mean, is it basically that? Well, you know, I actually I could tell you this, uh, Sir Sir James Mayor James Doctor James. Not Sir Mayor, Dr. James? Yes, sir. Okay. 
A meme is actually an element of a culture or a system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, especially imitation. Uh, I.e. a humorous image, video, piece of text, etc. that is copied, often with slight variations, and spread rapidly by internet users. You just looked that up on your phone, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did. Well, I-, I could have done that, Billy. But you didn't. No. All right. Well, the way you read it, um... <laughs> you, you know, if you're going to be a voice actor, Billy, you got to work on uh, reading things as though it's just coming straight from your top of your head. Okay, yes. Oh, that's a good lesson, sir. I will write that down. If I am going to... Okay, okay, stop. You can write that down later. We're on... This is the... We're on now. We're live. The podcast is going. Yes. Oh, yes. So, see, now what do I... Now, let me give you an example. So, Billy, because Billy... Now, for those of you listening that are new to the show, Billy is my intern here at the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Yes, hello, everybody. I am Billy, the intern. And Billy helps me out with stuff, and that's why I thought I would call him, because he's a hip young kid. Oh, thank you, sir. Well, you're actually, I mean, you're a, you're a young kid. Yeah, right. And so I thought he would know what a meme is. But, uh, so Billy, okay. So I try to, I try to train Billy on how to be a voice actor. I give him lessons. So if you all don't mind, I'm going to give Billy a little lesson in voiceover right now. With this whole meme thing, we'll use it as an example. Oh, oh yes. Very good, sir. Okay. So if you were reading about a meme and you have, let me see your phone. Let me see that description you have. Okay. It says an element of a cultural... Of a co- okay, yeah, okay. So, so if you were trying to read this as a voice actor, Billy, you don't want it to sound like you're reading. You want it to sound like it's just coming off the top of your head. So, as a voice actor, I would say, so will you ask me what is a meme? Oh yeah, yeah. I ask you what is a meme. No, no. You just just ask me what is a meme. What is a meme, sir? James, Mayor James, sir. No, just just say what is a meme. What is a meme? Well, but don't don't copy exactly as I'm saying it. Just ask me in your own words, what is a meme? In my own words, what is a meme? I don't understand what you're saying. Just say, what is a meme? What is a meme? I'm glad you asked. Boy. You know, Billy, I've, I've been studying about this and I've found that a meme is like a, well, it's like a, a thing, like a piece, like an element of uh, culture or like a system of behavior that could be considered to be uh, passed from one individual to another by... Non-genetic means, especially imitation, you know? Oh, oh yes. It's like a, you know, like a humorous image, a video, a piece of text. It's copied. Usually it's kind of varied a little, and it spreads rapidly by internet users. See, that sounded a little more natural, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it sounded very much more natural, sir, yes. It sounded like it was just kind of coming off the top of your head. See, now that's what a voice actor does, Billy. We take words on page and we make them then sound natural and real, not like they're scripted. I mean, those that particular thing is a hard thing to put into words that don't sound scripted because they're using a lot of stuff the way a regular person wouldn't talk. I talk like that. Oh, okay, I'm sure you do. But, uh, but so that would be your lesson. So now you try reading it as though you're not reading it. But if I don't read it, then I can't read it. No, no. You read it, but do what I was just doing. This is everybody. This is voiceover 101. I'm giving you guys all a free voiceover lesson with Billy here. All right, Billy, read that definition of a meme without reading it. Put in your own words, make it sound real. Okay. Okay. A meme is, um, well, an element of, uh, you know, say a, a culture or a system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, especially imitation. That was much better, Billy. 
That sounded that sounded like you were kind of, you know, pulling it from your mind there. Although, again, that thing is written a little funny. I think it sounds just like something I would say out of a dictionary. Yeah, that's my point. What's your point? Nothing. It's just, it's good. You are becoming a voice actor. Now, we'll do, we'll do three takes of it. In fact, you know what? You know what I'm going to do today? Mr. Announcer? Oh, Mr. Announcer guy! Oh, yes, James. How are you? I'm doing great as always. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. So, Mr. Announcer Guy, would you mind if I let Billy introduce the show today? Why, no. I think that's a wonderful idea. Me too. See, Billy is, is you know, our intern in training here, Mr. Announcer Guy. And uh, you, of course, are a very well-trained announcer. Yes, I am. Years of experience. Yeah. Um, why don't we give Billy a little lesson on how to introduce the show? Okay, Billy, here's your script. Oh, I have a script here. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just read it and let it flow with excitement and energy. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Talking to myself, starring James Arnold Taylor. And now, here he is, the guy with three first names, James Arnold Taylor. How was that? That was great, Billy. What do you think, James? I think I think it was very good, Billy. I think you did good. Um, maybe we need to work on your voice, not being so crackly and croaky. Oh, oh yes, you know I'm working on that. Let me. I have a different voice. Let me try. Try this. Okay. Oh, this is be exciting, right, Mister Nelson? Yes, I'm excited to hear. All right, go ahead, Billy. Bigger, deeper. Take two. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. It's the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Guess what? That was <laughs> that was a little scary, actually. Oh, oh, I don't want to be scary. No, no. So, you know, let's. I think, I think for your voice, we would do a different type of it. You wouldn't do it the same as Mister Announcer Guy. Mister Announcer Guy does well. Mister Announcer Guy, what do you? you know. Well, I have just that way of. It's the James Arnold Taylor podcast talking to myself. Okay, now that's a great example. See, Billy, of how it would be. Yes, yes, that's kind of, I tried to do it big. You did. You tried to do it big like that, and you did it big like that, but your voice doesn't lend itself to a big announcer like that. Oh, I see. Okay. So maybe, maybe Mr. Announcer Guy, maybe let's bring in your brother, George, who has the more uh, romantic comedy friendly, um, family friendly announcer voice. Let's bring in George. Hey, George. Yeah, James. You know, we're trying to train Billy here, our intern. Hey, Billy. Hi, Mr. George. You know you guys, sir? Just George. Sir, Sir George Harrison. No, I'm not one of the Beatles. Okay, yes. So anyways, George, can you give Billy some uh, some pointers? Because his voice tends to be more kind of, you know, a little more textured, a little more... I, I think if he goes too big like Mr. Announcer Guy, it, it kind of is scary. Right. Okay, Billy. Try it like this. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Talking to myself. Starring James Arnold Taylor. And now, here he is, that guy with three first names, James Arnold Taylor. You see, see how he did it? It's very kind of carefree, simple flowing, free flowing. You you try that, Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Talking to myself. Here he is, James Arnold Taylor. Okay. Yeah, that that was well. Uh, I think we got some work still to do, but um, let's. George, thank you for coming in and helping him with that. 
You got it, James. I'm gonna go now. And I'm gonna go now too, James. All right, guys. Okay, Billy. That was, uh, you know, that was good. And we've spent way too much time trying to introduce the show. But I appreciate your information on the memes. And uh, we've given you a little voice lesson. How do you, how do you feel? You feel good? I feel very good now, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you, Billy. You can uh, go get me some coffee. But you don't drink coffee. I know, but it gives you something to do. Okay, yes, sir. I'll get you some coffee. Coffee, coffee. Okay, so... <laughs> Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. We know, uh, we know now what a meme is. We know that Billy has got a long way to go in his voiceover career. That George and Mr. Announcer Guy, my two announcer guys here on the show. Well, we have many announcer guys on the show, but two of them are uh, fun-loving, good teachers. And we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi says, hello there, and that it's a meme now. All right. We've learned so much already on this episode of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. You know, um... Podcasts are interesting because what I find the most interesting about this whole experience, this whole experiment, if you will, in the world of podcasting is, for one, it's fun for me as a voice actor because I get to just kind of create these little worlds for you right here. Pretty much whatever I do with the voices, you know, because again, there's no secrets here that I'm all the voices, right? You all know that it's me doing it. It's, you know, even Billy and Mr. Announcer Guy and George, all that. There's no hiding that it's me doing the voices. But it's fun to do, and I like that just with a little EQ or a little uh, reverb or a little music or sound effects, we're creating a whole world. So when I was a kid, I would do this. I, I think I've shared this on some of, some of my Jat drives. And by the way, if you have not, uh, please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, James Arnold Taylor. Just go to YouTube and search for James Arnold Taylor and my name and my little icon should pop up. It's me. Picture me in front of a bunch of microphones and stuff, uh, adjusting my tie. Uh, That's my channel. Subscribe to the channel. There are hundreds of, I'm not going to say literally hundreds, and we're going to talk about that in a minute as to why I'm not going to say literally hundreds, but um, there are hundreds and hundreds of videos on my YouTube channel. Some of them are about positive living. Some of them are about voiceover most of them about some of them are just a day in the life of my adventures as a voice actor going to cons or doing movie premieres or or uh, just in the booth doing promos or reading commercials and there's so many videos there that I've done for so many years you could just go through and find so much fun stuff there's shows on there like Clone Wars Conversations many people have asked about Clone Wars Conversations is it coming back I'd love to bring it back at some point I still need to um probably create a new studio space. I could shoot an episode here in my home studio. It's just a little cramped. It's a smaller studio space. But, you know, we'll see. So Clone Wars Conversations, I interview my fellow Clone Wars castmates. And that's a fun show. There's a certain point of view, which is another Star Wars show that we did. Uh, some of the episodes, the back half of that of that show, are on my YouTube channel. The others are linked on my YouTube channel to the Comlink channel, which was a com- uh, it was a channel created by J.C. Reifenberg, who is a friend of mine, who created uh, a fan made film called Hughes the Force. This is interesting. Now, if you are a fan of John Hughes movies. And Star Wars, you would love the movie Hughes the Force. Check it out. Google Hughes the Force, like John Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, The Force. And it is a parody movie combining John Hughes and Star Wars movies. It's a lot of fun. And in it, I play Obi-Wan Kenobi. But um, my friend J.C. Reifenberg created that. And J.C.'s done other films. He and I did a short film together called Summer of 76. 
summer 76 70, yeah uh 78 sorry summer 78 i think is what we did and it's a little short film about a kid playing with star wars toys and there's a surprise ending to the whole thing so check that out if you have not already i believe that's on youtube summer of 78 and uh but uh jc and i created this show called a certain point of view and it was a star wars debate show now when we created that show and it is on my YouTube channel. You can check it out, A Certain Point of View. So I would have, I was a host and there would be two Star Wars celebrities and they would debate Star Wars topics. It was a lot of fun. Back at the time we created this show, YouTube was still like, people were still encouraging you to do short videos. They'd say, don't do long videos. So we kept them under nine minutes generally. And so we would just do these quick little debates of fun topics. I think if we ever brought it back, we could go a, a lot longer and really debate things in depth with people. And it was a lot of fun, but it's a fun, quick, fun little show. Check that out if you get a chance on my YouTube channel. What else is on my YouTube channel? Well, I, I walk you through my book, JAT365. You get uh, basically my entire book that I wrote many years ago, uh, JAT365, 365 Daily Inspirations for the Pursuit of Your Dreams. If you don't have it, check it out. You can get it on Amazon.com or you can go to my YouTube channel and watch the whole book for free, basically, uh, and watch a, a new video every single day of a different page from the book. I read a page a day and I did that for a, an entire year. There's that. There's um, little videos about my stage show, my entire stage show, talking to myself, my one-man show about voiceover and my life as a voice actor is on my YouTube channel in various degrees, different versions of it because I performed it at Star Wars Weekends for many years. And when I did, it was called Obi-Wan and Beyond and it was only a half an hour. Let's all drink some water, everybody. Are you drinking water? Come on. Ah, say it with me. That's good water. Okay. Uh, or the longer version, the hour-long version that uh, was performed at Celebration, Star Wars Celebration. I won't be performing my show at Star Wars Celebration this year. I have not been asked to do that. They did not ask me. Um, I was happy to just even get an invite. And and I got the invite through uh, Tops. I will be at Star Wars Celebration signing my autograph. And so you can meet me there. But uh, anyways, on my YouTube channel, you can watch various versions of my show talking to myself. You can watch all sorts of stuff on my YouTube channel. I think it's a lot of fun. There's Jat Drives, which are similar to the podcast, and they really were the forerunner to this podcast right here. James Arnold Taylor's talking to myself. The Jatcast, where I, I would be driving to jobs and things out in Los Angeles. I don't live in Los Angeles. I live about 45 minutes outside of LA. So... The drives, I always had time. So I decided I would start, I'd set up a GoPro in my car and just start telling you all stories. And that was really, again, I started at first making them short, like 15 minutes because I didn't want them to be too long. And then I realized quickly that I could talk for a long time. And then people started saying, James, make these longer. And then people started saying, I listen to them. I don't necessarily watch them. And so then I had uh, a friend of mine, Greg Fields. Greg is... Um, is a friend of mine through the world of Star Wars. And Greg was encouraging me uh, that he could help me with a podcast and such. And then my buddy, Jimmy Mack, also said, I can help you with a podcast. And, and Jimmy ultimately ended up doing that. But Greg was kind enough to offer, which got me thinking about podcasting, praying about podcasting, because I'd been curious about it. I asked him some questions. And uh, so uh, all these folks helped me kind of come to the conclusion that uh, I should be doing a podcast. And now here we are, all this time later, with the James Arnold Taylor podcast. I hope you're all enjoying it. 
Today's uh, show uh, so far is a little different than, you know, usually we start with kind of a little bit, a little comedy bit there with some of the voices, and then I get into the talking and stuff, but um, I did a little of that today, not a huge, I didn't bring in Hank. So Hank is the engineer at the show, and uh, Hank, uh, well, let's bring him in. Uh, Hank's, well, I'll, I'll, hey, Hank! Yeah, Billy, you work on that there. You're doing good, Billy, Okay. Hey, uh, hello, 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 hello. Testing, testing. Is this microphone on? Hello, hello, hello. Okay, stop it. It's just annoying. Don't hit the Aston microphone, Hank. Yeah, I like the Aston microphones. Uh, they're good microphones. Aston microphone is a wonderful microphone. It is the official microphone of the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Did you know that? Folks, if you don't know Aston microphones, then simply go to Aston Mics. Dot com. That is A-S-T-O-N-M-I-C-S dot com. Aston Mics. The microphone you're hearing me speaking on here and on every episode of the James Arnold Taylor podcast is an Aston Origin. Aston Origin is an amazing little microphone for a fantastic price. And you can find it pretty much anywhere. I get my stuff at Sweetwater, sweetwater.com. And uh, if you go to Sweetwater.com, tell them James Arnold Taylor sent you. I don't know. And if you buy an Aston microphone, let the folks at Aston know. Go on Twitter or Instagram or uh, any of their uh, things there and send them a, a thing saying, Hey, James Arnold Taylor, the voice actor, recommended the Aston microphone. I've got it and I love it because I think you will. They've got a brand new one. It's in stores now. It's called the Stealth. I cannot wait to try out the Stealth microphone. Uh, it is a really cool microphone. And again, you can learn more about it at AstonMikes.com. So check them out. But Hank. Yes, hello. You're going to talk to me? You're going to keep talking about Aston microphones? Well, I, you know, quite honestly, that's a loaded question, Hank. I think I'd much rather talk about Aston microphones than, than talk to you. Oh. Oh, no, no, Hank. I'm kidding. It's a joke, Hank. Come on. Don't be. Come on. Give me a hug. All right. I'll give you. A, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, anyways, Hank, I was telling everybody about you on the uh, show here, you know, because sometimes people may be new to the James Arnold Taylor podcast and they may not know all the characters on the show. And you certainly are, I'd say, the biggest, probably the most popular character on the show. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'm the most uh, popular. People like me quite a bit. I'm, I'm going to start my own uh, Twitters and stuff. You're going to start your own Twitters? Yeah, I'm going to do my own Twitters and stuff. And then, you know, people they, they do a little spinoff. That's right. We talked before about you making your own podcast. How's that coming? You know, it's, it's good. You know, I, got, I still got some work to do. And, uh, you know, because I'm busy, I'm training uh, Billy there to be a voice actor. Yeah, you were training Billy. Well, that would be probably some of the reasons why I was having trouble training him earlier. What do you mean? Nothing. All right, Hank. So, uh, Hank, have you had a good week so far? Yeah, you know, I just, uh, just let me drink some of your water. No, don't drink my water. Hey! <laughs> No, that's good water. Why would you drink my water, Hank? Just to bug you. Well, it worked. So what did you do this week, Hank? I went out, I did some uh, body surfing. Body surfing? Really? It's winter. Yeah, it's good for the blood. You know, it gets it going. Okay. It's like, it's, it's, it's been like in the 40s and 50s here, in, even in California. You're going to the beach and body surfing? You wear a wetsuit? Bleh, wetsuit. Wetsuit's for, for sissies. Okay, okay. So you go out body surfing. Aren't you afraid of sharks? No, sharks are afraid of me. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Anyways, you have fun body surfing then? Does your lovely wife Maureen go with you? No, she doesn't go. She, she, but she makes me some sandwiches. She make you onion sandwiches? No, she, I, I tell her, I tell her, make, make the onion sandwich, a red onion sandwich. A red onion sandwich. Boy, you couldn't pick a more potent onion to have a sandwich with. Yeah, it's good. I like the red onions. They got that lot of flavor. So, okay, so she doesn't make that for you. Then what does she make? She makes peanut butter jelly. I try, what I do then, I get some onion, I put it in afterwards. Oh, oh, gross. All right. Anyways, uh, this is, conversation is going nowhere, Hank, but I wanted to bring you in, have everybody uh, say hello to Hank, the engineer who does no engineering whatsoever on my show. What do you mean? I mean, you don't ever do anything. Well, I know, I, I plug in the microphones and check them all out. And you don't be, no, you come in, you unplug them, and then you plug them back in, you bang things around. Yeah. And then you go, okay, yeah, I fixed your, your microphones. Who's that? You know, come on, that's me doing my impression of you. That's not a good impression of me. You don't sound anything like me. I know, I know. But boy, if I, I'm telling you, you know, I actually can do a very good impression of you. Yeah, let me hear it. Yeah, let me hear it. What's that? What's that? That's supposed to be me? That's supposed to be me? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, thanks. You know, I'm working on an impression of you. Let's say, uh, as Obi, Obi Shinobi saying hello there like you were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. So let's hear you as Obi-Wan Kenobi saying hello there. No, no. It's me as you doing Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay, whatever. Uh, okay, so Greenus is there. Greenus? Yeah, the gen- General Greenus. Grievous. Whatever. And Obi Shinobi, he jumps down and he looks up, he gets up in the camera and he says, Hello there. <laughs> that was pretty good, right? Yeah, that was that was pretty good. You go fight General Greenus now. All right, I gotta go continue. Right, goodbye there. <laughs> goodbye there, Hank. Get out of here. Oh my goodness. Well, it is the James Arnold Taylor podcast. We've really accomplished nothing on this podcast today. <laughs> um, but that's the fun of it, right? I think we're all enjoying uh, the James Arnold Taylor podcast. What was I? I was starting to tell you stories. I don't know. I was off. I'm off on so many tangents now that it's uh, it's amazing. Um, but that's kind of fun sometimes, just to do whatever. I was uh, my daughter. So my daughter went to winter camp this last week weekend and it's a short camp it's not long now do you uh, did you go to camp as a kid i never really went to camp my wife grew up going to a camp every summer it was a christian camp uh out in santa barbara and they had a great time and she, and she still fondly remembers that camp in fact she still goes to that camp i've mentioned this before uh once a year she she books some space there with some of her uh gals and they uh, that are the homeschoolers and they do a big homeschool retreat and they plan for the year. Anyways, that's a bit of a side note. My my daughter went to winter camp and and it's a church camp. It's through our church. And here's the thing that surprises me. This is this is just me, but I feel like we're the only ones. So so we don't cuss here in the James Arnold Taylor house. We do not cuss. And I have many friends that are Christian. I have many friends that are agnostic, many friends that are non, you know, just not religious at all or what have you. And most swear like sailors. And most are women, I find. I find cussing is just kind of 
overtaken our society and as just acceptable. And I, I've got to be honest, and if you're one of those folks that cusses, I'm sorry, but I'm going to kind of come down on you here. There's no need for it. So my daughter, who does not cuss and is repulsed by it, she really is. Um, she just she just hates it. And that's great because I hate it too. And the kids at her church camp that she's going to, they're all cussing all the time. And everybody knows it. And nobody's saying anything or doing anything. And I just think that's terrible. Don't you think it's terrible? I think it's terrible. But (laughs) the other thing they all do. So I was trying to explain. So she's saying, she's saying to me, you know, it's just so pointless. Like they just throw it in, in the middle of a sentence and there's no need for it. I say, you're, you're absolutely right. How they literally throw these words literally in, in the middle of a literal sentence. They literally do this all the time. She goes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, okay, so the way you feel about that, which I feel the same way about swearing, that people throw it in in the middle of war, in the middle of sentences, rather, for no good reason. It doesn't add anything except it just makes you seem a little base. Just kind of bleh. It's just, it's not attractive, especially if you're meeting somebody for the first time. And, and, and uh, the world of Hollywood, it's rampant. People just, they cuss all the time it's just all there every other word for no reason anyways but <laughs> when i said to her literally 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 she didn't get it because my daughter literally uses the word literally like all the time like totally like you know she's a bit of a valley girl which is funny because she's you know obviously she's this little chinese gal because we adopted her from china but we adopted her when she was eight months old she's an american she's a you know, naturalized citizen, but, and she's got a, you know, an American accent. She doesn't have a Asian accent or anything, but it's just funny to see like this little valley girl, like, oh my gosh. Uh, She's, she talks like that. I don't, I don't know my wife and I, neither one of us talk like that, except unless I'm joking, but she talks like that. And she says literally all the time now. Now I give my friend, Catherine Tabor, a bad time about this because she plays the character Lori Loud on the Loud House. And that's kind of her thing, right? Is she uses literally all the time. And I was, I was at dinner with Kat and Lydia and my wife. And I was saying this whole literally thing. And Kat's like, no, I'm not going to back you up on this one because she of course plays Lori and she likes that whole thing. And it's funny, but but are you, let me, so this is my question to all of you today. Are you one of those people that is using literally all the time? Let's go. Let me go to my cell phone here. The Merriam-Webster dictionary. All right. We're going to search the word literally. Okay. Literally. Uh, here's the definitions. It's an adverb. One, in a literal sense or manner, such as, in a way that uses the ordinary or primary meaning of a term or expression. He took the remark literally, a word that can be used both literally and figuratively. B, here's another, used to emphasize the truth and accuracy of a statement or description. The party was attended by literally hundreds of people. Here's another, with exact equivalence with the meaning of each individual word given exactly, the term Mardi Gras literally means Fat Tuesday in French. Or D, here's the final definition, in a completely accurate way, a story that is basically true 
even if not literally true. Okay? Okay? So, literally, <laughs> the use of literally, the way people are literally using it, is literally wrong. Okay? But here's what even the dictionary has now put in as a, a second option. It says, in effect, virtually, used in an exaggerated way to emphasize a statement or description that is not literally true or possible. So, are you using the word literally the proper literal way? That's my question. Look, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I think it's funny. I really think it's funny how literally my daughter uses this word all the time. So we are catching her now. And then she decided she will. It's it's like cussing to where she goes, I will try to not use it around you guys like a lot of kids do. Because, you know, most kids, they cuss when they're not around their parents and their family. My daughter does not because I know she's so appalled by it. In fact, she's lost friends for, for telling them they, they cuss too much. She, she was at a, she was at a, uh, a church group. They, they have, uh, she goes through uh, what they call confirmation because we're Lutheran. So the Catholic church and the Lutheran church, uh, I don't know if others do, um, have what they call confirmation. And it's when you're in junior high, which my daughter is in junior high or middle school, as some of you call it. I grew up in California. We call it uh, junior high and it's just seventh and eighth grade. But uh, I know a lot of times it could be sixth, seventh and eighth, or it can be seventh, eighth and ninth. Uh, and they call it middle school before you go into high school. So my daughter is an eighth grader. And so this is her last year of confirmation. But so she's at this confirmation class, which is on Thursdays. And it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a time of fellowship for the kids and, and such. And then they learn lessons and all of this stuff they have to do. And these girls are sitting at the table with her. And this one is, is cussing up a, a blue streak. And my daughter gets fed up with it, slams her fist down on the table and says, enough cussing in church. I've had it. Stop it. And so everybody gets mad at her for getting mad. How crazy is that? She kind of calls this kid out and the kid, uh, you know, was like, wow, what's your problem? And, and she's like, I've literally had enough. <laughs> no, I, but... And then my daughter apologized to her. She apologized to the girl and said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have lost my temper with you. Uh, it's just, you know, this is church. I, I get it that you cuss all the time, but don't cuss in church. It's gross. And the girl never really apologizes to her, but she now is kind of bullying my daughter. So at winter camp, her and these other girls steal my daughter's snow ball makers because they're up in the snow and I bought her these uh, snowball makers, these little plastic things that make snowballs So because they have snowball fights. These girls steal her snowball makers and then throw them at her when she finally gets them to give them back to her. They throw them at her, which is ridiculous, and her friends. And they're harassing her. And, other, and another point in time, they uh, acted like they stole her cell phone but they didn't, they hid it, I don't know. So because she called this kid out on something the kid was doing wrong, this girl now has decided, the other thing is they've decided my daughter is a goody two-shoes. And, and this is the thing that's fascinating to me is, these are kids at church. <laughs> 
So for me, see, now I did not grow up going to church. My, my wife did. But when I started going to church was with my wife when we were dating. And when I, I thought church people are all like really good, like solid. They don't, they don't cuss. They don't do this stuff. They don't, you know, all, all the things that I do as a pagan, they don't do. Guess what? Wrong. Most, most people that go to church swear like sailors, uh, drink, smoke, do whatever. And then on Sundays, they put on their tie and go and act nice. No, I, you know, look, I'm not trying to judge people, but I find it fascinating and surprising when the mentality is such that people will actually get on my daughter and call her a goody two-shoes at church for doing things that are churchly at church even. It's crazy. It's crazy, you know. Whoa. Sorry, every time I say it's crazy, I think of Christopher Walken. And so I do my Christopher Walken, you know, it's crazy the way these kids, they, you know, giving my daughter a bad time. They shouldn't. Don't they know who I am? I'm Chris Walken. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. I come in, I say, hello there. You know, these kids. And that's, that's the other funny thing is a lot of these kids, you know, then are fans of my work. So they harass my daughter, but then they like me. It's like, hey, dude, I'm not giving you an autograph <laughs> if you're mean to my kid. All right. Because uh, my daughter is a pretty neat little person. Anyways, uh, it's a funny story, but it is, uh, it's also sad. I think it's wrong. I don't know. I don't know if any of you deal with these things. Bullying, you know, it is funny how bullying, I will talk a little about bullying. Because so during winter camp, while this was happening, my daughter did text us and said, you know, I'm just having a rough time right now because they stole my snowmakers and my snowball makers and they're harassing me and giving me a bad time. And they're texting her, you know, kind of nasty texts and stuff. And she doesn't want to be a tattletale. She doesn't want to, um, she doesn't want to be, what's, what's the word? Not a tattletale. A rat. She doesn't want to rat them out. And we're like, no, no, that's not being a, a tattletale. If so, because we said to her, you should go to your counselor there and say, hey, they took my stuff. Can you give me a hand here? Because there's really no place for it. Now, this is the second church we've been to where our daughter has been bullied for being the goody two-shoes. She's been bullied for being somebody that likes church and likes all the things that are involved at camp. <laughs> you know, learning, singing songs having a good time, being nice to other people, helping the little kids. She's, she's been bullied. At the camp before this, a kid held her head underwater, this other girl. This is ridiculous, right? So my point is not to just go, oh, my poor daughter. Because here's the other thing. If I found out my daughter was doing any of these things, boy, oh boy, would she be in for it. She'd be grounded. She'd be in trouble. She would be in big trouble. And she'd be made to apologize. Now, these parents, they don't care. They don't care. A lot of times what happens for me personally is people go, oh, that guy, the hotshot voice actor, he thinks he's so cool. It's like, you've never even met me. You don't know anything about me. So people assume a lot about us. So what do people assume about you? People assume a lot about my daughter. Uh, 
so what are people assuming about you? How are people bullying you? But, you know, so because so I asked my my wife when this was going on this weekend, um, did you get bullied? And she said, yeah, I got bullied by some other girls, girls that were friends of hers that would kind of bully her that. So girls are different than boys with bullying. At least they were when I was younger. I don't know. Maybe they aren't now. It, it seems to be kind of a little more equal nowadays. But when my wife and I were younger, so my wife had friends that were kind of fair-weathered friends. You know what I mean? She had this one friend that would, when it was just the two of them, she'd be friendly with her. When another kid was involved, when another one of her girlfriends was involved, this other girl would bully my wife. And it's kind of the same kind of vibe that's going on. Because one of these kids that was bullying my daughter over the weekend, then last night texts her and asks her advice on something. And so my daughter's like, dude, after this weekend and you're harassing me and all of that, I'm not expecting, you know, I can't really trust why, why are you texting me? You know, it's like, it was a little like, whoa, she's like, well, you know, you're smart and you do the right thing. And I thought maybe you'd have the right advice for me on this. And you know, the funny thing is I'm giving you all this information. And if any of these people actually listen to my podcast, they'll all know. But you know, the thing is they don't listen to my podcast. They don't care. They don't know. They don't care. What, what, what do I care? But it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I wish these kids would actually listen to my podcast because I'd say, Hey, as my, my daughter's father, I'm telling you, man, I'm an inch away from using the Jedi mind trick on you all in not a good way. Boy, it makes my blood boil. It really does. I, you know, it's, but it's, I try to keep it righteous anger. I'm angry because it's just, how dare they? How dare they do this? Now, if my daughter was doing something wrong in an instant, I would be all over her and in agreement that, yeah, you got, well, okay. You got harassed Lydia because you did this wrong. Well, you lied or you did this or whatever. Okay. You kind of get what you give. But she wasn't. She was being kind to these kids. And, uh, and, and then she apologized when she lost her temper with the other girl. But she lost her temper with the girl for the girl swearing, which anyways. Okay. So I'm going in circles now. But uh, so my wife did get bullied. But she so then my wife asks me, did you get bullied? Here's the thing. When you are the smallest, and I mean the smallest, shortest little twerp in every class every year, there's a good chance you're going to get bullied, right? But the truth is, is I would get, so she says, would you get bullied? I said, not really. Because what would happen is the biggest kid in class usually would start picking on me and I would stand my ground. I took no guff from anyone. I really didn't. And I remember uh, in third grade, third or fourth grade, I think it was third, no, fourth, okay, fourth grade. I think it was fourth grade. I'm, I'm at school and this kid, big kid, we'll call him Hank, <laughs> uh, is kind of picking on me and, you know, trying to push me around and trying to push some other kids around. And I just get in his face. I'm like, you know, hey man, you watch it. You want to go? You want to go? I'm, doing that. I'm like, but I'm like, I'm like little James. I'm like, you know, you got to imagine. So I'm five foot four now. And 120 pounds. So I'm in fourth grade at this point. I'm like 45 pounds and maybe, I don't know, three feet tall. <laughs> no, I'm a little taller than that. But I'm like, and I'm like, come on, man. You want to go? You want to go? Let's go. Let's do it. Come on. I'm like Johnny Test. See, that's the funny thing. I play Johnny Test on cartoons. You all know the character Johnny Test? That's me, Johnny Test. Totally awesome. 
So Johnny wasn't much of a stretch from <laughs> my voice then. Although Johnny was much hipper and cooler, I guess, than I was. No, not really. Anyways, so I was, I was kind of, I was kind of like tough. And I remember I, I got in this kid's face and the kid was like, geez, you'd think he had Muhammad Ali behind him. So I'm old because back when I was a kid, Muhammad Ali was, you know, the big, biggest boxing name. Um, and Muhammad Ali is a very famous boxer. He was the greatest, the greatest boxer of all time. Right. So, uh, so this kid says, you'd think he had Muhammad Ali behind him. And so we became friends. Now I found that most of the big guys that were like the biggest, toughest guys, or maybe sometimes even bullies, we'd uh, either, well, not become friends really, but he wouldn't harass me anymore. We wouldn't have that conflict, you know, between us because I had some influence, I guess, in some way. And then a lot of times I could kind of sway them from being so bullyish with other kids. I'd be like, come on, dude, it's just not cool. And it's funny, I saw this kid at my, what was it, like my 20-year high school reunion? I remember seeing him and I'm like, hey man, how are you? Because we also ended up going to the same high school. I'm like, you know, I don't remember if you remember me and everything. And he kind of remembered me. He's like, yeah, I've kind of blocked out a lot of that of my uh, younger days because I wasn't that nice of a guy. I was kind of a bully. It was really sweet. It was actually very sweet to see the, um, you know, repentance in him. And I said, no, dude, you and I, we, I kind of told him about it. And I said, you know, and that was in like fourth grade and we were good after that. He's like, okay, that's good. Cause yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't always the nicest guy. He regretted it. You know, he, he had a bad, uh, family environment, I think. And he, you know, he took it out on other people cause he was big, but he wasn't big enough at his own home. And, you know, so it's like, bullying it's really hard because you have to have sympathy so i was saying to my daughter i said you know look this is all frustrating and it does make my blood boil and i hate the way these kids treat you but you got to kill them with kindness you got to love your enemy as yourself and you've got to um really be as nice as you can because you just don't know why they're being the way they are now look most bullies they're they're usually going through some hard stuff themselves so just remember that i'm not i i uh, if somebody is like, and, and look, the whole thing is, is I know bullies are terrible and bullies do terrible things. So I'm not, I'm not saying let's all love the bullies, but I am saying let's all love the bullies in that our job is to have forgiveness and to pray for them. So what's the best way you can really handle a bully? First off, just always be true. Stay true. No matter what, stick to your guns. You know, I'm not encouraging anybody to get in a fight with a bully. I, I was ready to throw down <laughs> as a kid uh, just because I was fearless in that. I, and I don't know why. Um, I think probably because I saw so much bullying at home. My stepfather was, was a bully to my mother. He was a bully to me too. He would slap me around a lot. He would hit me with his, uh, with his newspaper or a magazine. If, he, if I walked in and he was reading a magazine and I interrupted him, he would smack me with it. And, um, and that became a regular occurrence and I did not like that at all. So I think maybe there was, for me, there was a lot of this, like, okay, I'm, now I'm going to be at school and somebody's going to slap me around. No way, man. And I even stood up to teachers that gave me a bad time. Sometimes I would get kind of harassed by teachers and stuff. Cause I found that a lot of times people don't like it when the smallest kid kind of stands up for himself and what he believes. And I even got into it with teachers at times. 
that were that were bullies. I think I, I talked about the one teacher that flunked me in math and he was a bully. And so by the end of the year, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, dude, <laughs> you know, now I'm not saying talk back to your teachers. OK, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but because I always tried to kind of reason with them and that's when they didn't like it. I got in a fight with the uh, vice principal of the school, uh, my high school. And, you know, look, I was brought into his office because I had cut some classes. Very bad. Wrong. And I was repentive of it. And I knew what was going on. And I was, you know, but I was also doing well in some classes and stuff. So it was kind of, you know, uh, and he, you know, look, I'm sure he dealt with a lot of kids like that. Kind of like in the movie, The Breakfast Club, you know, where the guy kind of takes it out on the one kid. It was kind of that kind of a scene where I came in knowing what I had done wrong, knowing I'd been punished, but I had to go in and talk to him. And this guy laid into me. He starts cussing at me. I was, I was floored. I'm like, oh my God, uh, this goes again back to teacher's cussing like people like adults in this position would actually cuss because I just I couldn't I couldn't believe that it was happening and and he ended up getting suspended he was in the wrong that vice principal was in the wrong I was like Ferris Bueller in that he was Ed Rooney he really was he just disliked me he disliked me because I was pretty well loved by the faculty and this and the kids and stuff because I was kind of a Ferris Bueller kind of character in school. I really was. I got away with a lot of things because I was charming. <laughs> I just, I did voices. I was funny. So that was also why I didn't really get picked on by the bullies because I did voices and I was funny. I wore a suit. I was like the Alex P. Keaton of my school. Now, I don't know if that reference is lost on everybody. Alex P. Keaton was the character on the show Family Ties played by Michael J. Fox. And so I was, uh, whoa, Mallory, wait a second. I, I, that really was kind of me. But I was a band geek. I was in the marching band. But now this may sound like I'm trying to kind of justify myself. Uh, but I never did anything mean to anybody. I was kind of a, you know, snarky guy at times. Uh, and like I say, you know, witty or whatever in that Ferris Bueller, but not in a way like Ferris Bueller where he was doing all this kind of against the the teachers and stuff. I never did that. I, I liked my teachers. I tried to respect my teachers, but I was, yeah, so I was kind of a goof. I was kind of like a nerd hipster, I guess, in that regard. I don't know, but I always tried to be friendly with people. I really did. I think because I saw so much hostility at home and so I, I and I was always kind of the peace maker at home. So I was the peacemaker at school as well. I tried to be fun and friendly and nice with people. And so people just kind of knew, oh yeah, that guy, yeah, he's kind of goofy. I don't know. Like I mentioned, I look like uh, Anthony Michael Hall. If you ever watched the movie 16 Candles, the, the nerd, the geeky kid, Farmer Ted, or in The Breakfast Club, the the blonde that was the nerd. That's how I looked. That's who I was. I mean, I was, I was, I was a nerd, but, but I was, I was a hip nerd. So, I don't know, um, I would just try to treat everybody with respect and kindness. And not that I would try to, you know, kind of get my way out of it with people. But, it's it, you know, it's kind of like now uh, when I, the, the bullying that I get now would be what most of us get online if we have like, like on my YouTube channel, there's that one person that gives me the thumbs down. They're kind of bullying me. In my, in, you know, in, in today's day and age, that is that. They don't like me 
So they do that. It really, they're not watching the videos. I know that. So they're just going on, seeing that I have a new video. So they must subscribe to my stuff and then giving me a thumbs down just to give the thumbs down, whether they watch the content or not. So it's, you know, and for me, I've always kind of been this way. I want to reason with people. I want to talk to them. I want to talk it out. I would love it if the person that gives me the thumbs down actually got in contact with me, went to jamesarnoldtaylor.com, filled out the, or clicked on the chat show link and filled out the form and sent an email to me saying, I'm the person that gives you the thumbs down. Now, if you are not the person, don't send me one saying you are, okay? I want the real person that gives me thumbs down, but I know they're not going to. You know how I know that? They don't listen to any of the content. They're not listening to this podcast today. I know that. They're just giving my stuff thumbs down. So that's, you know, that's a bummer. But what I want to do is I want to talk to people because when I have disagreements with people online, like I remember uh, it was celebration, the last celebration back in 2015, you know, some people uh, that didn't like me or they didn't like. So I got, well, let me explain. Let me back up. So Joe Hogan, who is my artist friend, and I've mentioned Joe many a time here, made me some special, I, I sent him a bunch of Converse because I wear the Converse on stage. That was kind of one of my signature things. I'd wear my Converse shoes, the Chuck Taylors. I sent him some. I sent him a white pair, a black pair, a blue pair, and a yellow pair because I was going to be interviewing Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Ian McDiarmid, and Anthony Daniels. And so I had those for each one of them. I had him draw their character. Oh, and I did an orange pair for the cast of Rebels because orange is kind of the color of Rebels. So he drew all of these pictures of the characters on the shoes. They're really cool. I should actually do a video of them. And I had them all during the interviews. I'd have them sign them. And Carrie, when she signed the Princess Leia ones, she signed them. And then afterwards, I went down to give her a hug. And then she tackled me. And we rolled around on the ground there. And Gary was licking my head. It was a very funny moment. And it was the way I ended the interviews. I had them sign them. Because, you know, we're all fans. And if you were up on stage interviewing these people, of course you'd want their autograph too, right? Now, even those people, even though these people are friends of mine, it was kind of a fun thing and it was a fun kind of, you know, fan way I felt to end the shows, to say I'm a fan like everybody else. But the truth is, even though all these people are my friends, like I could call them, I could reach out to them now if I wanted to, if I wanted to reach out to Mark Hamill or Ian McDermott or, you know, anybody. Because we're friends, I never ask them for their autograph because we're friends. We're, we're, we're uh, peers. We work together. You know, they don't ask for my autograph. I don't ask for their autograph. They wouldn't want my autograph anyways, probably. But but I never, as the host of these things, and it's a good thing because it was the last time I was ever asked to host. Maybe this is why. No, uh, I never actually end up getting any kind of memorabilia or anything from any of these people that I've spent all this time with. So I thought it would be fun to have them sign the shoes. So I had them sign the shoes, and most people loved it. But, you know, some people got on Twitter and were like, oh, geez, how dare him? Like, you know, having him sign those shoes. He better be giving them to charity and stuff, you know, because like I'm just a jerk celebrity that is asking these people for their signatures or something. It was really weird. So I started engaging these people on Twitter and saying, look, first off, the plan was to give them to charity, although I ended up not being able to. There's uh, deeper reasons uh, for that, uh, just because we have to be careful with accurate signatures from people and mark has had a lot of people rip off his signature and stuff so it was more agreed it was better for me to actually keep them which is look sue me i want 
some nice memorabilia that I'm never going to sell or give away or anything. I'm going to will them to my daughter anyways. But so the plan originally was to give them for charity. And second, well, you know, why are you coming down on me for this? It was part of the show. And you know, the funny thing that happened, and I have found this to be 99.9% of the time when I engage somebody that is bullying me or giving me a bad time, harassing me online, they come back with, oh, like, first off, they never expected me to actually respond. And my response to that is, so it's okay to bully somebody if you don't expect them to respond? It's okay to just go on about stuff and be a jerk because you don't think they'll ever really respond because they're some celebrity. They're never really going to read this. They're never going to actually reply. That's stupid. I'm sorry. I get, I get frustrated about it. So they always end up apologizing to me. And then I go, well, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I want to I wanna have a conversation. I do love that most people will then have a conversation with me. Most of the time they end up apologizing to me because, again, they never expected me to respond in the first place. But it's like I'm an actual human being. I get hurt by your negative words, just the same as anybody else. I take it personal. And if it's for no good reason, I want to talk about it. If it's for a good reason, if I do something or you perceive me doing something some way, I want to explain my case. I want to be able to talk with you about it. And I want you to be able to do the same thing. I'm not just coming at you like, hey, man. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Why do you feel this way about me? Let's talk about it. Most people are so taken off guard, they don't know what to do. And then they do end up apologizing and you, you end up being friendly with them. It's like how it was with me in school with bullies. So I find that by you disarm people by being approachable. So that's why it frustrates me with this one person that constantly gives me a thumbs down on my videos because I can't engage with them. I don't know how to engage with them. I don't know who they are. I, I do find it surprising that YouTube allows this system of thumbs down without any way to track it because there's also like... There's ways of blocking people. I have had to block people on occasion. And I think the one person I had to block on my YouTube channel is the person that's giving me the thumbs down. Now, I feel like once they're blocked, they shouldn't be able to vote on my videos anymore either. Don't you think that makes sense? Because clearly their intention is never good. But we're still giving this person this opportunity to kind of do that. And it's like, well, okay, on one hand, so you can't have it both ways. You can't say, look, if somebody's harassing you online fill out this form and do this, and then we will block them and ban them from your stuff. Yet we're still going to allow them to thumbs down you, which affects your ratings and all of that stuff too. So it's it's a little weird to me. It's no big deal. Look, I love YouTube. It's, it's all great. Everything's good, but I'm just saying that's surprising to me. I think they should consider that if they're going to, you know, because that thumbs down can be a form of bullying at this point because it's incessant now and it's for no reason and they're not actually watching my videos. So there you go. But I digress. So hopefully through all of my ramblings about bullying and all of this that's going on with my daughter and me and all of that, you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about here today. Kill them with kindness. Love them. Love them like Jesus is the expression. And does that mean you accept what they're doing? No. But you you can just hope for the best for them. You know, you don't have to engage the person. I'm not telling you to engage with a bully. If you're at school or something and you're being bullied by somebody like in a harassing or an almost violent way, you seek help, okay? There is, you are not a rat. You are not a tattletale for doing that. You, you go to a trusted individual and you seek help and a way to remedy it. You do not, have to handle it alone. Bullying is more so mental now 
Um, but I know it can be physical. Both are completely unacceptable. We are all equals. We are all equals on this planet. Every single one of us. No one should be greater than anyone else. And the Bible talks about that. The book of James, I love it. In the book of James, James, of course, who <laughs> I'm fond of James for you know my own selfish reasons, right? Because my name's James. He says, it's in James chapter two. I'm going to read it. You know what? I'm going to read it from the message. See, the message is another translation of the Bible. I don't know if I, I think I've talked about this before. The message is great because it puts it in um, just kind of everyday terms. So if you're, if you're new to the Bible, if you're like, I want to read a Bible, get the message because it, it speaks, it, it doesn't have the hithers and thou and these. And it also, it just, it kind of is a paraphrase of it, but it, it really puts it in a way that you can just kind of, it's, it's more of a story and it talks more so in our regular modern day language. So he says, my dear friends, don't let public opinion influence how you live out your glorious Christ originated faith. If a man enters your church wearing an expensive suit and a street person wearing rags comes in right after him and you say to the man in the suit, sit here, sir, this is the best seat in the house and either ignore the street person or say, "Uh, better sit here in the back row. Haven't you segregated God's children and proved that you are judges who can't be trusted? Listen, dear friends, isn't it clear by now that God operates quite differently? He chose the world's down and out as the kingdom's first citizens and full rights and privileges. This kingdom is promised to anyone who loves God. And here you are abusing these same citizens. Isn't it the high and mighty who exploit you, who use the courts to rob you blind? Aren't they the ones who scorn the new name Christian used in your baptisms? You do well when you complete the royal rule of the scriptures, love others as you love yourselves. But if you play up to these so-called important people, you go against the rule and stand convicted by it. You can't pick and choose in these things, specializing in keeping one or two things in God's law and ignoring others. See, so what he's saying is you can't just say, well, I'll, I'll do unto others when it's convenient for me, or I'll be nice when it's convenient, or I'll, you know, or, oh, well, this person, they're, they're worth more money and they have more nice things. So you go to a con and I'm there in a room or walking down the hall and somebody else is and we're both in line for something. And you'd be like, oh, James, go ahead. Look, I get it. People get excited or whatever. But the point is, don't treat me any different than anybody else. And that's why I'm so open on this podcast because the truth is, I'm no different than you. The only difference is, I have a podcast where a lot of people listen to me. I'm on shows where I get to play all these characters. I'm, I'm very blessed to work in this world of entertainment but I'm no different than you. I am a human being. I live, breathe, brush my teeth, put on my pants the same way, go to the bathroom, eat food, all these things. I do everything the same as you. I'm a human being. And so is every other person in Hollywood. So is Luke Skywalker and Yoda and all the, all the actors that play them. So is Captain America and Iron Man and all these people, all these people. We're all just people and we all have experiences and most of us have dealt with bullying in life or, or, or being the bully. Some people have been the bully and some people are the bully without even knowing it because they're just being condescending. So don't be a condescending bully either. Somebody that like, like James is talking about in the Bible there that judges people because of their worth in your mind or in their mind or in people's minds. 
See, social media and stuff, it's so tricky for me. It's like this whole following thing. It's, you know, you've got the, uh, the little, I've got the little blue check mark, the verified mark. So that's saying, I'm actually me. What that was supposed to be for is to say, look, this is really James Arnold Taylor. You know, you're actually getting him. We verified it's really him. But now it's become a status thing. And so people want that to kind of go, well, I'm verified. That means I'm hip, you know, or I have a hundred thousand followers or I have a million followers. I have, you know, it's like, who cares? I got like 50,000 followers. I am so grateful for every single one of you that follows me. I I really am because I just think it's weird. It's wild. It's cool. But the status stuff, right? It becomes a thing and we can't let it. We can't let it. So again, in our little Jat Fellowship here, all of you that listen to the James Arnold Taylor podcast, we are not going to bully. We are not going to judge. We are not going to uh, hold airs of people, hold people above other people. We are going to treat everybody equally, okay? And, you know, it's one thing, again, I hold reverence for people like my friend Frank Oz or Mark Hamill. I think they're they're really neat. They're great. I I I think it's really cool because they've done all this stuff and and they're they're famous in that. But I would not I would do my best to not treat them any differently than you were I in a room with you and them. You know, and I would hope they would do the same and you would do the same and we'd all do the same. So that's that's our job. And if there's a bully in your life, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to say a prayer for him. And even if you don't believe in God and stuff, uh, take some time, some mindfulness time, some meditation time to hope for the best for that person. And in so doing, you're, you're perhaps getting them closer to being less of a bully. It's really kind of the best we can do. If you're in a situation where you are bullied by somebody kind of just in a verbal way, here's what I find is the most helpful in life in general. Ask questions ask questions. So when my daughter was getting these texts from this other girl and she asked my advice of how to communicate with her, I told her to ask questions because it puts everything on that person then to explain themselves. You know, it's like if somebody is mocking my Christianity, which I've had from time to time, um, I ask them questions. I don't sit there and go, yeah, well, you know, Jesus is cool and you're a jerk. You know, or I don't just get mad at him and try to, uh, or I don't just go, well, let me tell you something here. Let me tell you about Christianity. Let me tell you why it works. This and this and this and this, because that just becomes an argument. But if I say, so why do you feel that my Christianity is a lie? Why do you feel God isn't real? Why do you feel uh, this, that, or the other? You know, or I might say, was there someone in your life that hurt you with their Christianity? Because if so, I want to apologize for them because as a, a family member of the Christian life, that was wrong of them. I, well, let me just say, it's just like how on this show, I have apologized to you all for things, for things that I have nothing to do with, but have been done to you in life because I feel it is my job as a fellow human being that is sympathetic to stand in proxy and that means stand in place for these these people and do what couldn't be done because somebody needs to. Somebody needs to acknowledge. So by my saying, for whatever has happened to you here or there or whatever, I'm sorry, I'm acknowledging your hurt. I'm acknowledging your feelings. And that's that's what a brother or sister in fellowship with you should do. 
It's like when somebody says, oh, my, you know, relative passed away or whatever. And the first thing we say is, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. Because we are, we're compassionate. So when I hear of people being bullied or I hear of people having things happen within their lives that is hurtful by other people, my instinct is to say, I'm so sorry because I really am. And I know some of you have had terrible things done to you. I've had, I've had terrible things done to me. And I also know because I have had terrible things done to me by people that are close to me and they've never apologized. And all I really want is an apology. And I think that's what most of us, most of us want that apology. We want an acknowledgement of it. It's like, it's interesting. Like these kids don't apologize to my daughter for bullying her, but she apologizes to them for raising her voice at them when they're doing something that is completely inappropriate. (laughs) It's okay to apologize. It's okay to be wrong. I've taught you that before on this show. It is okay to be wrong. In fact, it's great to be wrong. Why is it great to be wrong? Because you learn something. If you were right all the time, you'd never be learning anything. How could you be? We're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. So it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to apologize. It's okay to admit you're wrong. Look, I don't like being wrong either, but you know what I've learned to do now? Instinctually, it's like if I'm wrong, I just instantly go, up, oh, that's me. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. And I do that with my daughter and I've done that since day one. And I've told her, and we've done that. My wife and I both have done that with her. Why? Because we're not then just pulling the parent card. It's my way or the highway. Even if I'm wrong, I'm not saying I'm sorry. I'm not acknowledging it. You just do what I say. I'm not going to do that. You know why? That's not, that's not biblical. That's not right. As the parent, show your child strength by showing them that you can be wrong. If, they, if, if they're right and you're wrong, you say sorry. Now, you don't then kowtow to them and you don't give them the, the, the um, parental authority. You show more power and authority by saying, you know what, kiddo? I was wrong on that. You were right. Or I was wrong and that person was right or that person was right or your mother was right or your father was right or whatever. But I was wrong on that. Sorry about that. I take full credit. It takes away the power of resentment. It takes away the power of just, you know, well, the resent, resentful feelings seeping through and tucked away anger that comes up later in life. Because I find that that's the case with a lot of families, parents and teenagers and stuff, is a parent just gets mad at the kid and it's easy. I'm a parent. I get it. And then you, you go, listen, buddy, it's my way or the highway kind of a thing. You do as I say and not as I do. And you just shut up and you just do it because I said so. And all those cliched parent lines without acknowledging it. And what that does is that puts a wall up and that kid goes, I can't talk to you. It doesn't matter. I'm always going to be wrong. And so then by the time they're a teenager, they start going, you know what? Now I'm older and I can kind of do my own things. So I'm going to keep things from you. I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, it doesn't matter anyways, because you're right and I'm wrong. So whatever. And now you've got this relationship that isn't a relationship anymore. And they're barely talking to each other and it's fake. So we try to be as honest as we can and talk as much as we can with our daughter. And I'll be honest, sometimes it's hard because sometimes it's like, oh man, dad doesn't shut up because I talk everything through. We sit at the table, we have our meals together every day. We talk stuff through. And if there's an issue, we talk it out till we're done. You know, people always ask, because I am I have been married uh, coming up on 28 years now. And people go, what's the key to a successful marriage? Communication, talking it out, admitting you're wrong not having to be right all the time. 
It's the key. We communicate. I over-communicate. I'm an over-communicator. That's, that's just my way. My wife is not. My wife is an introvert. I'm very much an extrovert. My daughter is an extrovert, but she doesn't like to communicate as much as I do. <laughs> Nobody does. That's why I'm sitting here in a little padded room talking to myself uh, on this podcast. In fact, if, if none of you were listening, I'd still probably be sitting here talking. But it's important and it helps change lives and it helps, it helps us. It helps us learn and grow. It really does. So please, if you get a chance today, say a prayer, think a positive thought for those in your life that you have trouble with, that are your enemies, that are your bullies, that are the people you just don't agree with. Think the best for them. Hope the best for them. And maybe, just maybe, things will change. And do it as often as you can. It doesn't mean when you see them, you need to give in uh, and allow them to bully you. But do your best. Because if you can love your enemy as you love yourself, then man, you can, you can achieve so much more in life because you're not getting stuck in those places. You see, just like me admitting when I'm wrong, now I just do it instinctually. Oh, sorry, that was me. I'm wrong. And now you know what my daughter does too. I mean, it's, she does, she's getting better at that now. She does copy that. It's only on things when we really call her out on stuff and she doesn't want to have to say she's wrong. But, but on day-to-day stuff, she goes, oh, yeah, sorry, that was me. My bad. That's what she says now. That's her expression. So the more you're able to just shift and do those things, the more you can stay focused and on track for your own life and not get caught up or taken off track with all this stuff from other people and their junk because people will constantly be wanting to put things on you. That is human nature. So don't give them the opportunities. Hope for the best for them. We can talk more about this as time goes. And uh, look at that. Time is uh, going by really quickly here on the show. This is funny. This particular show, I had no topic in mind. I didn't know where I was going to go with it. But this 90 minutes has gone by like that. We're coming up on 90 minutes. You know, it's like, and again, my plan is never that the show has to be 90 minutes, but I find that this is, uh, I blather on for this much time. But I hope you've learned from it. I hope you've gained some knowledge from it. I hope you've been enjoy- uh, entertained by it all. And I thank you so much for listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Hey, we didn't do any uh, viewer emails or anything this time. But if you would like to send me an email or a comment with a question or a comment, you can do so by going to jamesarnoldtaylor.com. Oh, should I have, I should have somebody come in and do it. Who do we want to have come in and explain it? Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll have Jake, the announcer guy, the action adventure dramatic announcer guy come in. Hey, Jake. Yes, James. Hello. Well, hello. He's very dramatic, you see. Jake, you can help emphasize. I'm going to explain to them how they can write to me and send emails and stuff. And then you can do some emphasis stuff for me, okay? You got it, James. All right. So go to jamesarnoldtaylor.com. Dot com. And click on the Jet Show link. The Jet Show link. One link. One click. Jet Show. All right. And then fill out the thing. Make sure you choose a topic. Because in a world full of many topics, only one can be chosen. Um, at a time. One at a time. 
That's right. You have to. There's a little drop down menu and you have to choose a topic. So make it the Jatcast podcast if you want to send that. If you want a general comment or whatever, you can do whatever. Whatever you want. And maybe, just maybe, we'll read it here on the show. We'll have Bob, the email guy. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Come in and uh, read it on another episode of the Jatcast. The Jetcast. All right, so it's easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. All right, thanks, Jake. You got it, James. I'm going to... Go now? Yes, but I was waiting for the music to hit that really big part. Oh, okay. <sighs> well, it takes a while, huh? Yes, it's a slow build. It's good. It's good music. Yes, but it does take a while. I think it's coming now. Okay, great. Go now. All right. Well, we're getting closer to the end of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, but there's still more to come. More to come. Don't go away. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate all of you listening to the show. I hope you know from the bottom of my heart how much I appreciate our little fellowship here. And I don't know. I don't know what the future will bring. I don't know if more people will listen to this show or find it. Hey, you know, if you are listening and you have not yet given me a nice review on iTunes, please be sure to give me one. There's been some great ones so far. I'm going to read more of them soon just because they're just so lovely. Give me a five-star rating. Give me a thumbs up on YouTube and you can put some comments there. I read all the comments and I thank you for that. But I don't, I, you know, I don't know where this podcast will go. I don't know if, if it's ever going to become anything that is heard by more than all of us. But I am enjoying a, uh, the, the opportunity to share with you my life, my faith, my beliefs, my voices, my fun. And so I just truly appreciate all of you taking the time to listen to this show on a regular basis. I hope and pray you would spread the word. I'm, I'm praying for all of you. I'm thankful for all of you. We need to bring in Mr. Announcer Guy to read the legal stuff because you know all this legal stuff, you gotta have all of it there. So uh, Mr. Announcer Guy. Oh yes, James, is it time? Well, it's time for you to read that, but then everybody don't leave because I'm gonna do a, a funny reading from a funny thing like I do every week now. It's the new thing, right Mr. Announcer Guy? That's right, James. Let me read this and then do the funny. All right, go ahead. Talking to myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of Yumi Go Inc. Recorded at Jet Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking Myself, the podcast, copyright 2019, all rights reserved. Thanks, man. You got it, man. Okay, man. 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 <laughs> I wish people could see me doing this voice back and forth. I should have a camera on when I do this because it's funny. Because every time I do Mr. Announcer Guy, I have to put my hands up to my ears. Like a big announcer. And uh, when I'm me, I take my hands down. So just then when I'm going man, 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 back and forth, I'm going man, and then bringing my hands up. I'm bringing my hands up. <laughs> All right, it's silly, Mr. Announcer Guy. Yeah, you're a silly kind of guy. So are you. No, you are. 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 <laughs> See, I'm laughing because I'm doing it again. I can't not bring my hand up to my ear when I do Mr. Announcer Guy. Uh, but, okay, and I cannot help but pitch my voice up 
when I do today's featured closing character for the end of the JATCast. So exciting. Now, I have been the voice of the Minions for the video games, the the Despicable Me video games. There was uh, several different games, and I was the voice of every single Minion. I've not really spoken about this much on the show. It's in, you know, you can see it on my website and stuff. You see the names and things that I talk about. And I talk about it briefly in my stage show. But so I, I was the voice of all the minions in the Despicable Me video games. Now, being a minion, is it's a tricky thing to do because it's, it's this kind of gibberish language with real words dropped in here or there sporadically. So it's very tricky to actually kind of do that. And I remember being in the studio recording these games and they had it to wear in my headphone because the other thing they do is they pitch the voice up electronically. So I don't just, you know, put my voice up here. Oh, way up here. I don't do this. You know, but so it would be too much. It doesn't sound right. If you listen to the Minions, their little voices, they are clearly pitched up. So now let me let you in on a little secret. Before, before I end and do... I'm going to sing a song as the Minions. That's well, I'm going to I'm going to read the lyric. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to read the lyrics to a song as the Minions. But before I do, I'm going to explain how it works, how I and how I got the job as the Minions. They had sent me uh, the audition to be the voice of the Minions for these games, and they sent it to everybody. And I think most people probably then tried to kind of emulate the voices because if you hear the Minions, you know, you know, it's that, right? But it's like I say, it's it's electronically sped up. So I knew that. So what I did is I got they sent me a, a reference file of the real guys doing the minions, which were the directors of the movie Despicable Me, by the way. It was the it was the guys that directed the movies doing these voices and stuff. And so what I did is I took it and slowed it down so I could hear what they were doing, you see. So let me play it for you. Actually, here I'm gonna I'm gonna play for you. This is the original, here's the the file reference they sent me. Okay, but then here it is pitched down. You guys are not going to hear this anywhere else. This is an exclusive to the Jat Show. Here is the guys doing the voices of the minions. Slow down. Okay, so see, it sounds kind of silly. So what I did is I just did the same thing. I spoke in my regular voice, regular tone, and said, Ba boy, ba boy, ba ba de ba. No, 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 ba boy. And then sped it up and it became, ba boy, ba boy, ba ba de ba. No, 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 ba boy. Oh, ba boy. See? But then when I did the game, I also had to be all these various characters of minions. So, some were like surfer dudes. Oh, ba boy. Oh, yeah, cake. Oh, yeah, cool. And and then others were silly, you know, kind of voices like this or whatever. So, I would just would do different voices. And then whenever they're sped up, it sounds really funny and silly. So that's the key to doing uh, the Minions properly. And that's what I did for all the video games of Despicable Me. And here for you now, I thought, what could I do as the Minions? You know, people do a lot of things where they, they um, on a lot of other shows, they, they or on Twisted Tunes, and the things that I do with uh, the other voice actors, we read like scenes from movies. I like doing song lyrics because I think it's just kind of funny. So I thought the perfect song for the Minions to close the James Arnold Taylor podcast? None other than Hanson's Mbop. So here we go. The Minions reading the song lyrics to the Hanson hit Mbop on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. We'll see you next time. Minions, say bye-bye. Bye-bye, hit the bye-bye. No, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Yes, that's right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye-bye is fine. Bye-bye, fine. No, just bye-bye. No, just bye-bye. Whatever. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye, Jack. Goodbye. <laughs>